number 12 of Brutal Battle. So yes, it's still just me doing these Brewery Society Beers episodes to give Rebecca a little bit of a break. Now, for this one, I don't really have much of a topic, and I think that's just kind of, I've hit that point. I might have topics come up again here and there based off, you know, maybe new stuff the brewery starts doing, any new lines of beers, because I am going to start getting access to further stuff, meaning, I, I guess I'll just let everyone know, I did get invited to be a part of the Hoarder Society, which is the top-tier society for the brewery. I accepted that, so for 2021... Will be in the Hoarder Society, so these Brewery Society beers episodes will probably end up changing a little bit in a great way. Uh, I'll probably be showcasing more of the Hoarder's exclusive beers, which a lot of people can't get their hands on. Uh, I mean, I've been a member of the Brewery Society of some form for five, six years at this point, and I'm getting the call up, so I'm going to do this, and hopefully... You'll check these episodes out and um, listen to what I have to say about those fun beers. I'm assuming they'll be fun. But speaking of fun beers, I'm very, very excited for uh, both of these beers, actually, but the second one in particular, because as you as you know, when I do these by myself, I do that I do the episode in halves. So right now I'm only looking at two beers, and then I'll just splice together the other portions. So at the moment, I'm just looking at two beers. I'm most excited about the second one. But we'll see what happens. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into it. The first beer is one that was actually in some version on the show in the past. And Sean Creel, when he worked for the brewery, he does not anymore. Now he works for 1623 Brewing in, um, I forget which, which city specifically, but in Maryland. Good brewery, what beers I've had from them. Um, so he had brought over a special small bottle of the Hoarder Society beer to try, and it was the Sour in the Rye Pineapple and Coconut. So they scaled it up, and they were able to make it available to at least the Reserve Society folks. So I scooped it up, and I was like, look, if it tastes anything like the version I tried some years back, it's going to be awesome. So hopefully that is the case. I bought two of the 750 milliliter bottles for this. I'm still wishing that they would put everything in 16-ounce cans. Um, I mean, some stuff like this, it's not that big of a deal because the ABV is not super high. But, like, the second beer I'm going to have, pretty high ABV. That should definitely be in 16-ounce cans, in my opinion. But we take them how we can get them. Anyway, so this first one is Sour in the Rye Pineapple and Coconut. And it is Sour Rye Ale Aged in Oak Barrels with Pineapple and Coconut. And it is 7.8% alcohol. Now, Sour in the Rye is a um, line of beers that they do. It, it, the Sour in the Rye is a base, and they'll add all sorts of stuff to it. I think I have a Sour in the Rye Peaches in the cellar at the moment that may show up on an episode at some point. But uh, other than that, I've had Sour in the Rye, I think it was the Pog, which is like the passion fruit orange guava. Um, I think I've had Sour in the Rye, I can't remember other ones at the moment, actually, but they've, they've had a bunch over, over the years, so there may be more that show up in this episode, and episodes like this. Okay, so what does it look like? It's very orange looking, actually. Um, pretty clear, you can see through it, 
But yeah, very, very orange. It's got a little bit of a head to it, a mixture of small, medium, and large bubbles kind of hanging out on the top. Let's roll it up. Very sour smelling off the bat. It's going to take me a few sniffs to really start to suss things out. But the first thing up front is that, like you get with a lot of sours on the nose, especially initially, really strong, sour, lemony smell. Going back. Okay, so I get that kind of spice character to it that you get with the rye base of these sour and the rye uh, beers. So I'm getting the rye. I get the pineapple too. The pineapple is pretty strong in this one. And as you continue to sniff it, I'm smelling less of that kind of lemony sourness and more of the pineapple starting to take over, which is really nice. Now the coconut, that's the big thing. I am smelling the coconut actually a slight bit. That's been one of the sticking points for Rebecca and I, if you listen to enough of these episodes, you know, when people say that there's coconut in beers, a lot of the times it's, you can't smell it at all. And even more often you can't really taste it. So if this is anything like the one I had some years ago, I should be able to taste it, but we'll end up finding out. I'm not smelling it a lot, but I do smell it. It does have a bit of that um, kind of pina colada type smell to it, but pretty sour and got a little bit of kind of like a funkiness on the end from being sour. Okay, I'm ready to go in. It smells good. Ooh, whoa. Okay, lots of pineapple, a uh, good amount of coconut hitting me right up front. And that's coming off initially as very sweet. And that's really interesting because with sour beers, I typically assume that the sour is going to hit you first when you take your first sip. That is not what happened. That is really, really weird. What hit me first was this sweet mix of a lot of pineapple and a medium amount of coconut. And then it transitioned to that sour rye base. So it finishes on a sour note and kind of lingers on your palate as like that sour lemon. So I'm wondering if that's going to change a little bit as I take more sips. Let's try. That beer is good. Oh, man. This is the beer form of a pina colada. It really, really is. This is good. Mmm. Yeah. Wow. I think when, Re <clears throat> excuse me, when Rebecca ends up having this, she's going to be like, ah, it's a little too sour for me. But I think she's going to like the flavors overall. Because once, like, once again, like I said, it's not diminishing after taking more sips. A lot of pineapple and a medium amount of coconut that's kind of sitting right under that pineapple. It's very good. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a well-executed beer. Man, I like that. I'm glad uh, I have this and one other 750-milliliter bottle. Mmm. That's a winner. So... If you're out there and you're and when I read it off and said it's sour in the rye, pineapple, and coconut, and you were like, man, that sounds good, it tastes like it sounds, basically. The descriptors on it, that's how it tastes. How you want it to taste, yeah, that's basically how it tastes. They really hit this one out of the park. Great job, brewery folks. This one specifically, the brewery Terryu arm of the company. Mm. I have to do plenty of rinsing in my mouth. I have two separate glasses, so I'm not... Repouring, I'm keeping them very separate because these are very different beers. Mm. That one, killer. 
Okay, so the second one, it may take me a little bit to get the top off because it is waxed on top, but it looks like a, a type of wax I should be able to get through. Maybe only like two coats. So this one I'm very excited about. I only have one of these bottles, un well, potentially, unfortunately, based on, you know, how it ends up tasting. But I saw this available and I was like, I have to because it sounds too good to pass up. And it is called The Cobbler, and The has two E's in it, so I, I don't know why. But The Cobbler, it's an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with peach, apricot, vanilla, and cinnamon added. That sounds like a freaking dream, and it is 16% alcohol. So like I had already said, it's a big one, and I kind of wish it was available in 16-ounce cans, but I was only able to get 1750, so, you know. I think this is one of those beers that maybe it was just initially available for the Hoarder Society folks, and then enough was left over, it trickled down to us lower reserve folks, so... All right, pouring it in. I'm assuming it's just going to look like a stout, <laughs> which that's pretty much how all of these are. All right, there we go. Oh my gosh, it definitely looks like an imperial stout. Yeah, it's just super dark. You can see a little bit around the edges, kind of like a brownish reddish there. I'm going to swirl it up. Yep, significant legs on the glass all the way around. It's got that kind of syrupy coating all the way around it, letting you know it is a high ABV beer. Not much of any head retaining on it because of the high ABV. So yeah, we're going to go in and... Oh my gosh, woo! There is so much like milk chocolate coming off of that beer, it is insane. I get... Okay, so I'm getting a bit of a fruitiness in there too, but that chocolate is very, very, very strong. The vanilla is in there as well. I'm definitely getting the vanilla, but the chocolate is extremely overpowering. I hope that's, I really hope that's not going to be the case with the flavor. Yeah, so that, that peach and apricot is in there. I can't really, you know, pick out the peach because peach is more of a delicate scent and that chocolate is just beating it down. I can get a bit of that apricot though. Apricot's a bit richer, a bit darker, a bit stronger of a smell. So I am getting some of that, but it's very, very low level. Like I said, I am getting some of the vanilla and yeah, the cinnamon, the cinnamon is definitely there. It's on the end of each sniff and it's kind of like the spice accent that kicks in at the end. That's, you know, smells pretty good. But man, I really hope it's not as chocolatey as it smells in the taste because that could overpower everything, and I really don't want that. All right, going to go in. Oh, okay. So the chocolate is pretty present, but it does get tempered uh, specifically by the cinnamon. The cinnamon kind of steps in and kind of uh, brings the level of chocolatiness down after you get it initially as like a, a like a sweet kick to your palate. Yeah, so it's a real quick sweet kick to the palate. Actually, the next thing after that I get actually is that apricot peach blend, which is still mainly tasting apricot to me because uh, that's, you know, the richer, darker flavor. Um, and then it goes to the vanilla and the cinnamon together. They really do mix together, and it kind of finishes on the, this chocolate cinnamon finish, basically. the While I do taste the fruit in it in there, it doesn't linger, 
afterwards, and vanilla doesn't really linger either. It's mainly just the chocolate and the cinnamon hanging out with a little bit of like an alcohol burn chilling in the back of my throat. But all things considered, it being 16% and everything, it's not coming off super hot for being 16%. I mean, I put this at maybe 12, really. It's well, it's well uh, under control with that ABV. Hmm. Yeah, this beer is way smoother than it has a right to be. The fruit is nice. It is starting to grow a little bit with each sip I take. So it's actually turning more into the fruit, that apricot peach is kind of like the middle of every sip. And so it's kind of coming off as like a bit of a candy where it's like a, a apricot peach that's in, encased or enrobed, as Kyle Norman would probably like me to say here. A like apricot peach enrobed in a milk chocolate, you know, accented with vanilla and cinnamon. And like I said, that finish, it's still mainly the um, the chocolate and the cinnamon hanging out at the end. But now that I've taken more sips and kind of coated my palate more, the vanilla's there a little bit and the fruit is there a little bit to hang out afterwards. That's a good beer. That's a good dessert beer, in my opinion. Man, I really dig that too. That's nice. And there's a little bit of like a slight coffee roastiness that's coming in as well with each sip I take which I do like because that's adding a slight bit of bitterness to kind of blunt the um, the uh, the sweetness of that chocolate note. So yeah, this is good. Actually, the first half of this is very nice, very excellent. I'm excited to see where I end up going next because at the moment I have no clue. But to you, I, it'll seem like I know exactly what I'm doing because here we go with beer number three. And this one's pretty different from what I typically have on these episodes. Uh, this is a wheat wine by the brewery. Yes, they do wheat wines. They're not per se known for their wheat wines, but they do a decent amount of them. And in this household, Rebecca and I both, we're not the biggest fans of wheat wines, so we don't buy a lot of them. Now, this one in particular, Kyle Norman, longtime listener of the show, Kyle Norman, had said he found particularly tasty. So when I saw it was available, I was like, well, got to give it a shot for the podcast. This one is in a 750 milliliter bottle. It is called Apfelsap, A-P-F-E-L-S-A-P, Apfelsap. Uh, it is a wheat wine style ale fermented with Macintosh apples and aged in apple brandy barrels. And it is 16.9% alcohol. So initially when I had seen this beer available, I gave it a big pass, but Kyle Norman tried it and said, you know what, I actually think this is a great beer, so I tend to believe his recommendations typically, so giving this one a shot. Um, one of the wheat wines in the past I have quite liked by the brewery is their uh, Atta Boysenberry, which I think I did one of them on one of these episodes before. Not 100% on that, but I think so. That's a uh, wheat wine with um, boysenberries added, so, okay. So here we go. Well, I smell apples, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, I would hope so, since, you know, it has Macintosh apples in it. Okay, so what is it looking like? I mean, it looks like what you would think a wheat wine is if you've really seen them. It's very kind of like a caramely brown, but like it's like a light, light yellowish, orangish brown that's caramely. It's 
can't see through it. There's not much of any head to it, probably because it's 16.9%. Yeah, 16.9%. All right, what's it smell like? Well, obviously the um, that apple, but there's also like a caramelly boozy note laying on top of it. That sounds, or sounds, smells pretty good. It smells really good, actually. Now, the apple that's coming out of it isn't anything like a Granny Smith apple or, or have any tartness or anything like that. It has a lot of sweetness to it. Um, so it, it's definitely one of those sweeter type apple smells, which would probably translate better in the flavor if that's how it actually tastes. But yeah, there's like this, actually, it's not as much caramel as it is more brown sugar, that note on there. There's definitely a little bit of a wood character there, which I'm assuming is from the apple brandy barrels. And like I said, there is kind of like a spirit booziness in the nose. But those, all those smells are coming together quite nicely. And the apple is not overpowering the other stuff. All, all the, the smells are kind of on the same level, except that kind of boozy note is a little bit lower than the other smells. Okay, this smells good. Uh, there's almost, actually, there's almost, on that last sniff, there's almost a little hint of some vanilla in there too, which I'm interested to see if I actually taste that going in. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, that is good. You definitely get the apple. It definitely, it's interesting because it, it almost has kind of an apple juice uh, viscosity to it in your mouth because of the apple flavor and because of the body to it. It kind of fools you into thinking it's like a boozy apple juice in a sense. Um, that's good. It's got a significant burn going down my throat, I will say. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of nice sweet apple to it. I'm definitely getting that wood character, kind of like an oakiness to it. I am getting that vanilla that I was saying I was smelling in it slightly. I'm getting it more in the flavor than in the nose, which isn't a typical thing. And that brown sugar is definitely there. Now, my mother, when I was younger, used to make a uh, something to go with our dinners from time to time, which was apples cut in half with butter, brown sugar, and marshmallow put on them and baked in the oven. Obviously, the marshmallow went in, like, way towards the end of the cook time. So it was kind of like these cooked-down butter, brown sugar apples with that vanilla-y hint from a marshmallow in there, and that's kind of what this beer tastes like, and that's a good thing. I am actually pleasantly surprised with this. If you gave it to me, I don't know that I would say I think the base is a wheat wine. Um, I actually don't know what I would think. I'd think maybe like a barley wine, but it's definitely lighter flavor-wise than a barley wine is. With barley wine, you probably get a lot more of kind of like those caramel notes and actually even more of that woody, woody note too. Hmm. You know, going into it, I really didn't know what to expect with that apple. But the apple's very nice. It adds this very nice sweetness throughout that actually helps to kind of cover up that booze a little bit. It's definitely burning down my throat, but I'm not really tasting it so much. It's not tasting like 16%. Oh, and by the way, the the cobbler does also does not taste like, what is it, 16 as well? 16, yeah, 16 even. So that's a good one. Very, very nice. I'm going to cleanse my palate. Mm. And moving on to beer number four then. 
And this is a version of one of the beers we've had before. It's a collaboration. Uh, and I think the other one we actually, I had on one of these episodes as well. This is in cl collaboration with Jenny's, which is an ice cream company spelled J-E-N-I apostrophe S. And this is their Hold the Spoon. And this is Hold the Spoon Black Chocolate Cake. This is an imperial milk stout with cacao nibs, cocoa powder, salt, and vanilla. And it is 8.5% alcohol. Obviously, this is supposed to mimic one of the uh, ice cream recipes from Jenny's. And this is in a 16-ounce can. So let's go for it. I assume it's going to, you know, look like an imperial stout. Imperial milk stout, that is. I mean, it's pouring like it looks relatively thick, to be honest. Okay. Got a decent amount of head retaining on there, probably because of how agitated I poured it. Wow. Very, a lot of medium to large bubbles kind of sitting on there. Definitely just looks like an imperial stout. You can't see through it or anything. Very, very dark. As I'm swirling it up and that head's kind of still on there, it's it's a pretty dark brown head. It's looking kind of creamy. Ooh. Smelling it. There's almost a little bit of a nuttiness on the nose. Which I think is interesting. There's a slight ash note at the end, there's a significant chocolate to it, which you, you would assume you would have to get between the cacao nibs and the cocoa powder. If you're not getting it, then there's definitely something wrong, but yeah, it's there. Mm. It's a lot lighter on the nose than I was assuming it would be. It's actually pretty kind of delicate and smells like a very nice dessert that's sweet, but not too sweet in my opinion. And I am smelling a little bit of that vanilla on the end rounding things out. And that slight salinity. And I think maybe that salinity in there from the um, salt that's added is a little bit of what's making me think that it, there's like a little bit of a nuttiness. I think it's that kind of reacting with the chocolatey notes in there. All right, I'm going to go in for a taste. That's a lot easier than I would assume it would be for, for what the descriptor is on this beer. Hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely chocolatey. It definitely kind of tastes like chocolate ice cream. You know how chocolate ice cream is like a little bit velvety? And it's got like that nice light kind of milk chocolatey. It's definitely got that flavor. It's a bit velvety in the mouth feel, probably because it's a milk stout. It's got that nice chocolatiness. It's not really that sweet, honestly. So you're getting the flavor of chocolate with not a sickly sweetness which I really find refreshing with this beer. That's like a nice kind of dessert that won't take you over the top. Uh, I get a little bit of that salt in there, which I really enjoy, and I definitely get the vanilla as well, which I also am really enjoying. Hmm. So I was, I was wondering and fearing that this could have ended up being very sweet, but no, I love that this really isn't that sweet, but it's chocolatey and it's tasty. Wow, okay. It's a, it's a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. I thought it, this was going to be um, a lot tougher to handle. You could actually go through this kind of fast, in my opinion. And body-wise, it's thinner than you would think for an imperial milk stout. It kind of comes off between a regular stout and an imperial stout. Maybe a little, little more towards the regular stout uh, version there. But that's good. Mm. 
And then uh, I decided to call an audible on this and do a fifth beer, which I usually don't do. This one's very low ABV, easy to handle, very low ABV. Now, this is in a 12-ounce can, and it's one of those skinny kind of sports drink-looking cans that uh, Six Point Brewing made popular for beers. This is from their Bright line, and their Bright beers are kind of like lightly sour beers that are kind of sessionable and a um, little more uh, accessible to people. So this is the Hibiscus Lime Bright, and it is a sour blonde ale aged in oak barrels with natural flavors added, which would be the hibiscus and the lime, and it is 3% alcohol. So when I said sessionable, I meant insanely sessionable. You could go through a lot of this and not have any issues. Now they've had, I think they've only had two versions of their bright beers. The other one was a coconut vanilla, I believe, which we did have, and I really enjoyed that coconut vanilla. I kind of wish I would have had it on one of these episodes, but for some reason I didn't. Maybe that was just my mistake. Anyway, what does it look like? It's pretty. You know, it's like a light reddish pinkish color with a very light pink head to it. And decent head sitting on top. Very small bubbles. Uh, looks nice. Smells decently tart, actually, on the smell. Almost to a point where it's got a little bit of a saltiness in the nose. Yeah, it does smell a tad bit salty. Maybe part of that's coming from the the mixture of the lime and the hibiscus. It does have a little bit of that flowery aroma from the hibiscus, but it's, you know, it's low level. It smells really good, light, refreshing, tasty. Let's go in. Hmm. So yeah, I wouldn't call this sour. Yeah, it's definitely more just, just tart which is totally fine with me. If you drink enough of it, it's going to build your phlegm up, but it's super easy to drink, uh, not just because of the alcohol, but the flavor. It's definitely flavorful, but it's also delicate and light flavor to it. I definitely get that flowery hibiscus. I definitely get a decent amount of the lime. I'd say the lime is the predominant flavor, but the hibiscus is lined up right behind the lime, kind of supporting it. And then under that is that kind of tartness with a little bit of that kind of salinity that I said I was smelling. And it's got a slight funkiness to it, too. But not too crazy. That's very easy. And it's tasty. It's good. I would say this is a good alternative to people who don't want to drink a hard seltzer. It's still a beer, but it's kind of closer to a hard seltzer. I would go with something like this. I like this. This is kind of like an easy, flavorful thing to do. Hmm. Okay, so now I got. I'm gonna have to rank these beers. So I'm going to pause. Although you won't know, I'm pausing. I'm gonna rank these beers and give you what that final ranking is. But then also I'll give you the top ten running for these Brewery Society beers episodes. So I'm taking a break, but for you guys, I'm moving right into it. And here we go. And my rankings are at the number five spot for this one is the Hold the Spoon, which is the black chocolate cake imperial milk stout with cacao nibs, cocoa powder, salt, and vanilla. Still quite a good beer. I am enjoying that. My number four is going to be the Hibiscus Lime Bright, which is the sour blonde ale aged in oak barrels with natural flavors added, being the hibiscus and lime. My number three is going to be the Sour in the Rye. That's uh, the Pineapple Coconut Sour in the Rye, which is a sour rye ale 
aged in oak barrels with pineapple and coconut. Uh, that almost made number two. It was a tough decision between these, the two and three. So I ended up going with number two as the Apple Sap, which is the wheat wine style ale fermented with Macintosh apples and aged in apple brandy barrels. That kind of uh, caught me by surprise with how nuanced that beer was and how well those flavors came together, especially with when you read that description and what you assume it's going to be versus what it is. Pretty surprising. And that leads the number one to be the Cobbler, which is the Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels with peach, apricot, vanilla, and cinnamon added. That is quite tasty. So what are the over the 10, top 10 overall running for the podcast? At number 10, the Blueberry Pancake Black Tuesday, which is a bourbon barrel aged Imperial Stout with blueberries, maple syrup, and natural flavors added. Number nine is the Cobbler, the... Bourbon Barrel Aged Imperial Stout with Peach, Apricot, Vanilla, and Cinnamon. Number eight, a 2015 Chocolate Rain, which was drank at four years in the bottle. That's a Bourbon Barrel Aged Imperial Stout with cacao nibs and vanilla beans. Number seven is Chocolate Rain, spelled R-E-I-G-N. That one is Double Barrel Aged, double barrel aged Imperial Stout with cacao nibs and vanilla beans. Number six is Sweet Magnolia's Black Tuesday, which was on another episode we did, a variance episode. Uh, and th that one is in a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout with bananas, Madagascar vanilla beans, and Nilla wafers. Number five is Cherry Chocolate Rain, which was a imperial stout aged in rye whiskey barrels with cacao nibs, vanilla beans, and tart cherries. Number four, Samoa Black Tuesday, which was a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout with toasted coconut, co cacao nibs, vanilla, maple syrup, and graham cracker. Number three is Island Time, a sweet stout with Hawaiian sea salt and lactose with marshmallow, toasted coconut, and natural vanilla flavor. Number two, Pistachio Vanilla Black Tuesday, which is a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout with pistachio and vanilla beans. And number one, hopefully you haven't forgot by now, the Spicy Island Black Tuesday, which is the Bourbon Barrel Aged Imperial Stout with pineapple and habanero peppers. So that is your standing top 10. As you can see, the cobbler busted into the top 10, which is awesome. There's always that possibility with these episodes that one of these beers can crack the top 10 because I'm always putting in really good stuff and the brewery is always pumping out really good stuff. So thank you very much for always checking these episodes out. I really do appreciate it. And I enjoy drinking these beers. So anyway, thanks. And until next time, keep it brutal.